Welcome back to the Emergency Goalies. A busy week. Mixed results. Blackhawks went two and two. Uh, they beat the Oilers in a pretty exciting back and forth game that went to overtime. Um, lost to the Flyers in Philadelphia, which it's just, I guess, always going to happen and forever. Um, then they got pretty much smoked by the um, the Lightning, which figured. And then they played um, a game yesterday against the Ducks where the Ducks just completely no-showed. Yeah. It, was, it was that, that they won eight to three. So, but what do you notice about this week? Well, uh, as you kind of alluded to, we, we had a couple of uh, expected outcomes at the beginning of, of uh, this week of play. Uh, the Oilers and the Blackhawks always play entertaining games against each other, it seems like. Uh, a lot of back and forth action. They're two teams without the greatest defenses, and they have you know some ex- exciting skill players up front, and the games tend to reflect uh, that those elements. And yeah, uh, and as seems to have been the case quite a bit the last few years, the Blackhawks have tended to come out on top against the Oilers. Uh, even though, you know, at least for the last couple of years, the Oilers have, uh, you know, finished with a better record, that sort of thing. Although I think partly that is due to the division they play in versus the division the Blackhawks play in. I think the two teams are actually fairly uh, closely matched, other than the fact that, you know, the Oilers obviously have uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl, but, um, you know, their supporting cast is, I think, very comparable or maybe even a little worse in some places than what Patrick Kane has. Uh, but yeah, so we got, you know, another, another great game between those two and then uh, playing the flyers in Philly. Uh, just it's been so long since uh, the team has actually won there. I think it's actually since before um, the cup years, I want to yeah. say it was like, no, no. Dead the puck era. The last time they won. <laughs> It was 1996. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely dead puck era. Right at the beginning of the dead puck time. era, even. Jeez. They scored a goal in their last yeah. one. Yeah, I mean, the dead puck era essentially started in 1995, even though even, even 95 was kind of a half and half year where half of the teams were still playing wide open and the other half were uh, well, it was uh, literally a half year, too, because of the lockout. Right. Yeah. And uh, then, yeah, so 96 was really kind of the, the very start of that. So it. Uh, and of course, um, important asterisk, they did win one game in Philadelphia that was kind of important. Right. Yes. We are talking a regular season, <laughs> not not uh, not Stanley Cup finals games but yes yes uh we we won the important one you are correct in that in that uh although they lost two out of three in philadelphia that year too right so right but they won the important one (laughs) um so yeah uh, that was a bit of a discouraging game um it it 
in some ways matched a little bit of a pattern that we've seen with the Blackhawks where didn't have the greatest first period fell behind, although they did limit it to one goal. Um, we've seen many times this year where they just get buried in the first period, but that trend seems to be getting less frequent. Um, like I want to say there was a game a couple of weeks ago against St. Louis where they did get buried right away, but um, at least in this game, they limited it to one and then they came out strong in the second period, actually took the lead. We're leading going into the third, but just, they couldn't hold it. Philly uh, came with a strong push in the third period. Um, and uh, yeah, just Blackhawks just couldn't, couldn't hold on. And then, you know, honestly, the next night in Tampa, uh, considering it was good, yeah. Considering it was back to back, I thought the Blackhawks came out and started strong. Um, they 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 hung with Tampa Bay for you know probably the first half of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, yeah, go ahead. They put the they put that the, you felt like they put the gas pedal down exactly. Just like boom. Yeah, and I do want to say one of the players, it might have been Dylan Strom. Somebody was interviewed after the game by one of the beat writers, and they they made the comment that, um, you know, it, it the the player felt that the team is still struggling a little bit with uh, kind of the uh, fragile uh, fragility when it comes to you know playing well, but then you give up a tough goal. And all of a sudden you're behind and then, you know, it kind of snowballs on you. And yeah, I think, it, yeah, and I think especially against the good teams that we've seen that, that pattern happen against the Blackhawks where, you know, they, they compete for a while, but then as soon as that, that the, the dam breaks a little bit, it, it just, you know, completely floods on them. And that, that, Seemed to happen in the second half of the Tampa Bay game. But then, wow, uh, last night, uh, that was something. <laughs> yeah. That's uh-huh. the kind of game where the Ducks are going to get a bunch of people traded because of that yeah. game. Well, yeah. And I, I do wonder if the looming trade deadline is causing a bit of distraction for that team because they do have several high profile free agents to be that, uh, you know, the, they got a new general manager in, in uh, Pat Verbeek, and he's already stated that if he can't get these guys signed, he's going to trade them. And so you just wonder if, you know, the, you know, you're talking about two of their best defensemen, one of their best wingers, and you just wonder if it's a, if it's a distraction and, you know, a game on the road for them, you know, in Chicago and, they just did not have much focus. It didn't seem like they were, I mean, I think in that first period, uh, the Blackhawks completed, uh, I'd say probably 10 cross ice passes in the offensive zone. Um, that just led to fantastic opportunities. Yeah, if you give that much room to um, throw Kane and yeah, get- you know, that, that is not a great skating line. And if you put pressure on them, you know, we've seen instances where, you know, especially against the better skating teams, mm-hmm. um, that 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 line can struggle with puck possession. But yes. if you give them the puck no, no. and give them space, no pressure. Yeah, those yeah. three guys, you know, all three of them have proven they are deadly when you give them time and space. And 
yeah, it was just cross ice pass after cross ice pass. And, you know, some of it was on the power play, but even at five on five, those guys were just lighting up the ducks. Um, and yeah, you know, Patrick Kane had four points in the first period and uh, eventually ended up with six points, a career high, which is, you know, saying something in, for a guy like, you know, with his career. Yeah. Dylan Strom. Exactly. You know, and Kane finishing with a goal and five assists, but it, you know, on top of that, it's a, even a little more impressive in that all five of his assists were primary assists. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was just, his, his passes were all tape to tape and he was spotting the open man like he always does. And just, yeah, he made the ducks pay for every one of their defensive zone breakdowns. So we'll kind of transition a bit then. Um, Dylan Strome mm-hmm. has been on fire. Yes. So, but are you still for trading him or do you think? Uh, for- I mean, I've been of the opinion the whole season, if you get a good offer for him, yeah, you can trade him. Go for it. Um, if all you're getting is a third round pick in return, just keep him. Yeah. Um, and but I mean, we talked about the big, the big <laughs> development is that he's, um, which is continuing, doing very good on faceoffs. Yeah, and you know, and I think it extends beyond the faceoffs too. You know, uh, fans are were very critical of Jeremy Collinson playing Dylan Strom in a bottom six role, scratching Dylan Strom. Uh, that continued under Derek King for mm-hmm. the first ten games or so after King took over. Uh, he didn't scratch him quite as much, but he did play him in a bottom six role. Um, you know, he'd give him opportunities in the top six. And if he didn't like the way that Dylan Strom was playing, uh, he would demote him. Yes. And I, you know, whether, you know, whatever the situation is, I mean, obviously Dylan Strom had mm-hmm. his good year a couple of years ago under Jeremy Colleton. So, you know, it, it, it it's not like, those two didn't have, you know, at least some sort of faith in one another, but for whatever reason, it seems like uh, Dylan Strom and Derek King have a bit more of a trust bond uh, and where, you know, when Derek King was scratching him and, you know, whatever message he's sending seems to be getting through to Dylan Strom more. Mm-hmm. Dylan Strom is never going to be a great defensive player. His skating limits him. He's not, he's never going to, you know, he's not real quick. There's, it's just not going to be, you know, somebody where you're ever going to want him matched up against, you know, the opposing team's best center. Yeah. But I think, you know, even in the games where he isn't scoring, uh, his his play away from the puck has been much better. He's been far more responsible defensively. And then, yeah, as you said, the the faceoffs have been a uh, a very welcome imp- uh, improvement as well. So, you know, I, I I think earlier in the year when we talked about the potential for a Dylan Strom trade, I, I was kind of in the same boat of you know Blackhawks have been trying to trade him. All they're probably getting are mid-round draft pick offers. It doesn't make any sense to do that deal because, you know, a mid-round draft pick for Dylan Strom, that mid-round draft pick, you got like a 1% chance yeah. of that turning into a decent player. A lottery ticket. With Dylan Strom, yeah, you got to pay him a little bit more, but, you know, it's not like you're going to attract any big free agents with the state of the current team anyway. 
So yeah, you pay him a little bit and at least you got with Dylan Strome, maybe a 5% chance or 10% chance of him still turning out to be a quality top six player. Um, with the way his season has progressed, I, you know, I still don't think Dylan Strome is an answer for this organization. I, you know, the, one of the reasons why I don't see him returning a first or second round pick really at this trade deadline is he doesn't have like, he's a low end second line center to me. Uh, he's just, he's not somebody that you want. I don't think he's somebody that's going to thrive in the playoffs on a contender. And so, yeah, he can probably get you 60 points in the regular season and help you get to the playoffs, but he just, he's probably not the guy that helps you win in the playoffs. But like I said, you know, instead of a five or 10% chance of him actually continuing to develop and maybe becoming one of uh, that type of player, I I feel maybe it's like 15% or 20% chance. Mm -hmm. So again, if all you're getting is a third round pick in return, betting on Dylan Strom continuing to improve is a far better odds than, than just taking whatever you can get for him. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm at this point, I'm keeping him on the block, but I I don't think you're going to see a contender give up Mm -hmm. enough to actually make it worth the, the trade. So yeah, I think still in Strom is sticking around. Um, you know, the one guy that I think is almost guaranteed to be out the door is Dominic Kubalik. Mm-hmm. And I just, man, he is invisible. I don't, I don't know what has happened to his game. Um, he's just not doing anything at, the and, uh, at either end of the ice. And I don't, you know, he's still got the big shot, but, but he's like, just not, he's not working hard enough to, but yeah, I just, I, so at this point, um, you know, again, it's, he, he's kind of in that same boat where, you know, you could re, re-sign him as a restricted free agent. Maybe he rediscovers his game next year and you could trade him for a better draft pick. But at the same time, he's a little bit older, yeah. and a little more expensive. I might just be willing to take a second or a third round pick for him just you know, whatever, because uh, I've been very unimpressed with his um, with his play this year, and uh, you know, both with the puck and without the puck. Yes. Whereas with Dylan Strom, I think uh, you know you're at least seeing the, it trending in the right direction. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, Kubalik's guy that's going to be gone. Dehan's a guy that's going to be gone. Yeah. And uh, Ryan yeah. Carpenter, I think, is probably the last over, over the last month has probably played his best hockey with the Blackhawks. So that's happening at the right time. He might get himself traded. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think he's going to end up, you know, a guy that a, a contender will take as like a 13th forward and feel good about, you know, Oh yeah. If we suffer an injury or need a little boost of energy, he can come in, help a penalty kill. You know, he's winning faceoffs. He's playing, he, he's, he's playing pretty decent possession hockey with, uh, you know, with a cycle game down low and he's even been chipping in a couple of goals recently, which is, you know, uh, unexpected. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, that, that, that's the main guys that you're going to see go, I think. You know, obviously like officially the word's gotten out that Fleury wants to stay. Not that we were talking. You know, I think there's still going to be conversations. I, I, I don't think that door is completely shut. Yeah. Um, but he's leaking that he wants to stay anyway. It, it sounds like it. Yeah. You know, I just, I think it's one of those things where, 
the Blackhawks will allow any team that comes calling. My guess is they'll probably just say, Hey, talk to his agent. And if, you know, the agent can bring it to, to flurry and maybe they can convince, you know, it's the right situation or whatever. Basically we're, we're willing to do it, but you got to convince him. Yeah. I'm almost positive. The Blackhawks have said, Hey, you know, we're just going to do whatever is best. We're going to continue to listen, but if you don't want to go anywhere, you know, you don't, you don't have to. And yeah. So I would say it's maybe 20% chance he gets traded. You know, maybe a goaltender goes down at, you know, at a, in a city that he wouldn't mind playing in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that team comes calling, you know, maybe, you know, it's, maybe it's a situation where it's a team, you know, he looked at the situation where the teams that he'd be willing to play for don't really need a goalie right now, but you know, a couple of weeks that could change, you know, maybe a goalie gets hurt or a goalie, uh, goes in the tank or whatever. And, um, uh, yeah. So you just, I think you keep it open-ended, but yeah, I'm not expecting, mm-hmm. not expecting it at this point. All right. So one last thing and then we'll, uh, go, but, um, Norm McIver yes. coming back, um, to be, was assistant GM. Now they're bringing him back for, is that to be again, assistant it sounded like it. I don't think they've actually officially said what his title is going to be, at least as of as of our, of our recording right now. Um, but obviously, um, I mean, I don't know if you if you want a new regime in place. This is not a move in that direction. But. Yeah, it, it's definitely not what I was expecting to happen. I mean, this is another link back to the two. The, to the 2010 team. Yes. Uh, now, from all we've seen with the reports that have come out and made public, MacGyver was not involved, mm-hmm. you know, in the initial meetings. Again, you know, whether you believe the whole organization knew or not, yeah. he at least wasn't in the loop on the decision-making. Yes. Uh, but it's, but still again, a- it's still a link. And... Yeah. I, it, it doesn't make me feel great, but at the same time, the word is MacGyver was kind of the guy that helped bring Davidson through and kind of acted as a mentor for him when he first joined the uh, Hawks front office from Rockford. And so I guess in that situation, you know, it makes sense that Davidson's bringing in somebody that he's comfortable with, but it is a link to the 2010 team. And it's also, you know, like you said, not a fresh set of eyes and also kind of lends to that, you know, Oh, uh, you know, this is, you're hiring not only a very young guy, but mm-hmm. a guy that has all of his experience has been with one organization, you know, and is he actually going to bring fresh perspective? And this, this move certainly doesn't lend itself to, you know, giving much belief that, you know, things are really going to change, but at the same time, this is just one post and we don't even know what post he's going to be. And I'm assuming it's going to be an assistant general manager. Obviously they, they did fire like the scouting department. Yeah. They they fired Kelly and I can't remember the other guy. Um, But yeah. So, I mean, Davidson still has plenty of openings that he can fill with, 
outside people. And, you know, and maybe this is kind of an indicator of, okay, I'm going to bring in the one guy that I know I can trust that, you know, was good to me that, you know, that I, that I know I can rely on. I know what to expect. And then maybe for all these other positions, he's going to, you know, branch out a little bit more, but at least as a first move, uh, yeah. nah. <laughs> not impressed. No. Yeah. That's just, I mean, obviously that other stuff, the side is obviously the biggest, like gets ties back to 2010 and stuff, but just on the hockey side, if he was involved in the recent decisions by the Blackhawks on the ice, they've not been good. Well, the one thing I will say in that is McIver, even though he only left the organization, I want to say last year um, and went over to Seattle, the word is he had been getting phased out by Bowman that. um, So he was being ignored. Yeah, essentially that uh, his role had been continuing to diminish, which I always thought was a little weird because prior to that, McIver had um, seemed to have been garnering a pretty decent rep. And then all of a sudden, uh, I don't want to say he got demoted, but they brought in like additional assistant general managers and his role seemed to change. And yeah, even before he left, the word was that, uh, you know, he, that Bowman was really wasn't listening to him anymore. Mm -hmm. And whether that's something that's on MacGyver or on Bowman or both of them. Well, I I mean, if you're looking to um, put a feather in your cap saying you disagreed with recent decisions by Right. Yeah, probably makes you look pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So I, at least in that regard, I don't, I, I, I wouldn't paint MacGyver with the brush of, uh, of falling under the same decisions that Bowman was making because either he was disagreeing with them and Bowman was sidelining him, or, um, you know, something else was going on that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, and it might also be that MacGyver was agreeing with them, but you know, whatever disagreement was happening between Bowman and MacGyver, you know, if it was personal or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, I just, like I said, it, it doesn't, it doesn't give me a lot of faith, but at the same time, it is only one move and I will wait to kind of give my my thoughts on the new front office once we actually have a better idea of the totality of what that front office is going to be. All right. Well, I think that's where we'll leave it. The trade deadline's the 20th. I made sure to look it up so I actually knew this time. There you go. So, yeah, we'll be back next week. And there might already be trades by then, or I'm sure there'll be rumors yeah, you know, I'm sure there will be some teams that'll uh, try and uh, jump the deadline a little bit, um, you know, but it's going to be a case by case thing, you know, like somebody like Flurry, I don't think it will happen early if it happens at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, maybe somebody like Dominic Kubelik, you know, a team that's just like, hey, we just need another goal scorer. Maybe they can, you know, give the Blackhawks enough to convince them to, to, to do the deal right away. But yeah, I wouldn't, I, I'm not totally expecting really any, any moves next week, but we'll hear, we'll see. We'll see. Um, on Twitter, MJ underscore Ernst. Um, STH 85. You can subscribe on the Apple podcast app and, you know, we'll be back and maybe we'll get some more 
interesting games like we had this week. And either way, uh, go Hawks.